Gosh, that must mean something, mustn't it? Uh, very good morning to all of you, to those of you who are here present uh, in church and those of you that are accessing uh, via uh, the internet. It's good to have you all with us today. Our call to worship comes from 2 Peter chapter 3. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Uh, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the Holy Prophets and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in these last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So if we're able, please stand as we sing together from the sun's rising. Sun's rising unto the sunset, sing. Jesus our Lord shall be great in the earth, and all earth's kingdom shall be his dominion. All of creation shall sing of his word. Let every heart, every voice, every tongue join with spirits of circle the world with the song of his lies. Oh, let all his people rejoice, and let all the earth hear his voice. To every tongue, tribe, and nation he sends us to make disciples, to teach and baptize. For all authority to him is given. Now as his witnesses we now arise. Let every heart, every voice, every tongue join with spirits ablaze. One in his love we will circle the world with the song of his praise. Oh, let all his people rejoice, and let all the earth in his voice. Come, let us join with the church from all nations. Cross every border, throw wide every door. 
Workers with him as he gathers his harvest, till as far corners our Savior adored. Let every heart, every voice, every tongue join with spirit so blaze. One in his love we will circle the world with the song of his praise. Oh, let all his people rejoice, and let all the earth hear his voice. Let all his people rejoice, and let all the earth hear his voice. sit down friends let us pray and we have that picture in our heads Lord as we've been singing and as we come to pray now it's not just us but it's all of your people everywhere people of every tribe tongue and nation giving thanks and praise to the king of kings and the lord of lords the God who is over and above all things the one who is the creator and source of life, the one who sustains us in the midst of all of our circumstance. You indeed are worthy, and it's why we come. It's why we come to worship you. It's why we come to this place. It's why we set aside time uh, in the midst of all of our busyness to acknowledge the reality of the presence of God in our lives and the importance of and the significance of knowing God. We find ourselves in the presence of holiness, beauty, and majesty. And we're aware that we're not all that we should be. We say things, do things, think things, which bring no glory to your name. And if they were to be known, Lord... They would bring shame to us, we know. We're sorry about those things. We're also sorry when we miss opportunities to say a little about you and about what we found in you. When we miss opportunities to offer kindness because we're too busy or we're focused on some other thing. Again, we're sorry, Lord, that we've missed those opportunities. We pray that you will wake us up. We pray that you will help us to be alert to all that is going on around us. To see the opportunities that you bring our way. To say something, to do something. Which will just help those around us to know what we know. That there is a God... And that he cares deeply about all that he has made. Draw near to us and help us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. Genesis chapter 42, verses 1 till probably Monday afternoon. 
When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you not just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain for all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. When he remembered his dreams about them, and he said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men and not spies. No, he said to them. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, Your servants were twelve brothers, the sons of one man, who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, It is just as I told you, you are spies. This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back to your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come on us. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep, but then turned back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill the bags of grain, to put each man's silver back in the sack, and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and they left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened the sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank and they turned to each other trembling. 
and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told them all that what had happened. He said, The man who is lord over the land spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. Then the man who loved the Lord over the land said to us, This is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me, and take food for your starving households and go. But bring your youngest brother to me, so I will know that you are not spies but honest men. Then I will give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was a pouch of silver. When they and the father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You've deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put, you may put both my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care, and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my grey hair down to the grave in sorrow. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. We will sing together once again. Uh, and at the close of this song, I'll receive the offering. So if you're able, please stand and we'll sing Praises Rising.
together. Father God, once again we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. We ask it in your name. Amen. Now if you're involved with Junior Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. So we bring our prayers of intercession to God. Let us pray. As always, Father God, we are thankful for the opportunity and, well, what, what really is that great privilege and responsibility of praying for the world praying for one another, seeking your blessing. We continue to watch what's happening in and around the Ukrainian border with interest. It is significant, I feel, Lord, that Russia has not yet stepped across the line. Perhaps they don't want war. We can't know. We continue to pray that talking will yield results, that talking will yield fruit. That Mr. Putin will feel that he has been heard and that we in the West will feel that we have been heard. We pray that uh, there will be peace. Our hope is for peace. And we ask, Prince of Peace, that you will have your way. Our friends in the Baptist Missionary Society are asking that we pray for the great nation of France this week. We thank you that there are quiet intimations that faith is 
rising in France for so long. Uh, a great bastion uh, of materialism, uh, anti-clerical, anti-Christian, anti-religion of all sort, mainly because of their revolution and the part that the church played in bolstering what were indeed unjust structures. But now there is a, an awakening, a questioning. Is there a God? What might this mean for me? What difference would God make in my life and the life of our nation? The same questions, Father God, that all human beings ask everywhere. can't know what will happen in the days that lie ahead, but we are hugely encouraged by this, what seems to be new openness to the possibility of God in our neighbours. We pray for all those who are engaged with taking the gospel out to that nation, whether they are foreigners from other countries or French nationals who have known you and loved you <clears throat> maybe for many years, maybe in some cases just for a few weeks, but all now aware that there is a different mood in the country, that there is a spiritual hunger which only you can satisfy. So we pray that you will enable and equip our sisters and brothers in Christ in that land to be bold and courageous witnesses and indeed, what we ask for them, we ask for ourselves. Thank you, Father, for everything that happens out of this place, the different groups and organizations that use this building. We pray that we might continue to be like a beacon on a hill, and that we might be uh, regarded by those uh, who live around us as a positive force for good. Pray for the town council as they continue to make preparations to move into Sycamore House in the next few days, next couple of weeks. Thank you, Father, for all the work that has gone on uh, to prepare that place for them. Thank you for the warmth of the relationship between the clerk and uh, the folk that use this building Sunday by Sunday. Particularly, Lord, the closeness that there seems to be uh, between the town clerk and the vicar and curate at St. Fry's Rice, and indeed, uh, minister of this church. Thank you, Lord, that there is an appreciation of what the Christian community could bring to the wider community and an acknowledgement that in the days that lie ahead, many social services will indeed be provided by the third sector, that is, people like us. Pray for the PCC diaconate meeting tomorrow evening. Thank you, Father, for the continuing and deepening relationship between the two churches that use this building at every level. 
Thank you, Father, for that meeting tomorrow evening, for the opportunity to speak to one another, listen to one another, to think a little more about mission in this locality, how we might support and encourage that in the two churches, how we might help one another uh, achieve your mandate to go and make disciples. We look forward to seeing one another and to being in your presence once again. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to spend time like this. We gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. We sing together once again. I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. If you're able, please stand. and truth, pouring out the oil of love as my worship to you. In surrender I must give my every part. Lord, receive a sacrifice of a broken heart. Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring? To so faithful a friend, to so loving a king. Savior, what can be said, what can be sung as a praise of your name for the things you have done? Oh, my words could not tell, not even in part of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. You deserve my every breath, for you've paid the great cost, giving up your life to death, even death on a cross. You took all my shame away, that defeated my sin, opened up the gates of hell, and have beckoned me in. Jesus, what can I give? What can I bring? To so faithful a friend, to so loving a king, Savior, what can be said, what can be sung, as a praise of your name, for the things you have done, oh, my words could not tell, not even in part, of the debt of love that is owed by this thankful heart. Amen. Do sit down.
So God continues to work his purpose out, but he's very much unseen and in the background. And I think, friends, this is how most of us experience God most of the time. It is rare in my experience for God to speak audibly. It is rare in my experience for God to stand in front of you and grab your attention. It is rare for God to write on the wall in three-foot letters of fire. I think God is largely unseen most of the time for the experience of most of us, most Christian believers. And for the first time in the reading that was so ably done for us, thank you, Tim, earlier, uh, we see the fulfillment of the first of Joseph's dreams. Joseph was the governor of the land, verse 6, the one who sold grain to all of its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. There's something about timescale in this story. And again, I think that resonates very strongly with the way that God deals with us and speaks to us and makes himself known and his plans known. Joseph was 17 years old when he had his dreams. Got to go back to chapter 37 and verse 2 for that. And it says there he was 17. And then Joseph was 30 years old when he entered Pharaoh's service. Chapter 41 and verse 46. So 13 years uh, and then 7 years of plenty. At least 20 years between God showing Joseph something uh, about his own life and purpose and it becoming a reality. And Joseph, like every good 17-year-old, is very excited about something that he believes God has said to him, just speaks it out, doesn't he? Uh, And he has no regard for what effect those words might have upon those he's speaking to. And those he's speaking to are his older brothers, Those he's speaking to have a vested interest in seeing that everything stays exactly as it is and does not change. And as soon as he speaks out what he knows and what he believes God has shown him, from that moment on, everything goes wrong for Joseph. He's sold into slavery. He's falsely accused of rape. He is thrown into prison. He is forgotten by someone who said that they would remember him. Where is your God now, Joseph? What about your dreaming now, little brother? Well, here's the fulfillment of it in verse 6. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him. Here's the fulfillment of it. Here is it. Here it is now. Uh, Some 20 plus years after it was originally spoken out. So what has God put before us? What has God put before you as an individual that you would point to and say, this is what I believe God has offered to me, has shown me as a a plan and a purpose for my life? What has God shown us as a church over recent weeks and months? 
Well, we go back to Lent, don't we, last year when we called that day of prayer and fasting and we thought together about what God might be saying to us in terms of vision and purpose. And out of that um, came for me four things. The growing and deepening relationship with our friends at St. Fry's Wines, a new way of working together uh, with St. Fry's Wines in mission and outreach, the possibility of a new member of staff coming to work with families, and the redevelopment of the building. Those four strands were what I believed God showed me in terms of vision and purpose for this place. And some of these things are starting to become a reality as we continue to think, to pray, and to talk together. Now, whenever you have this uh, possibility of God, uh, you've, you've always got to ask the question, haven't you? Is this God, or is this just a good idea? Uh, when I was in the army, every, roughly every two years, you'd get a new commanding officer coming to a unit. Uh, and uh, the soldiers used to talk about Corgi. Corgi, C-O-R-G-I. See, every commanding officer that came had to make a mark in the unit because he would be reported on by the brigadier. Uh, and how well he did in the unit would dictate whether or not he got promoted to become a full colonel and what job he would get next. So very often there would be a corgi, commanding officer's really good idea. Uh, and because he was a commanding officer, he set the tone and, and everybody would do whatever it was he felt was the right thing. Uh, and as a minister, you know, you've got to be careful about this. You know, is this a morgy minister's original really good idea? Uh, or is it God? So you have to test these things. So I said to the deacons, this is what I think God may be saying. This is what I can see. Now, let's talk together. Let's think together. Let's pray together. And that's what we did. And we felt it was right to bring those four areas to a meeting on a Saturday morning in September. And many of you came to that meeting. And once again, we looked at each of those areas and we thought and prayed and talked. And nobody said, no, we think this is wrong. Everybody that was there said, yeah, we can see that this may well be God. So how long before these things you know, bear fruit? How long before they become a reality in our experience? Well, who knows, friends? Um, some of it will be slightly longer term. I mean, certainly the building. You think about the building, uh, and that is definitely a long-term project. But you need to start soon uh, with that because the longer you leave it, the more expensive it gets. And... We have been talking with our friends in St. Friedswise for about two years about this already. Uh, so we're all, you know, more or less on the same page. We need to do a little bit more work in detail around that before we're ready to take the next step, I think. But be ready for when the opportunity comes. Um, because I'm retiring later this year, you've got an opportunity to think about ministry in a, perhaps a more creative way. Uh, so, you know, what might a new ministerial partnership look like 
all sorts of things you can talk about. I'm, you know, one doesn't want to preempt any of that, but it's always interesting to encourage people to think, even at this early stage, what would we like in terms of next ministry? Families worker, minister, one, both. Interesting to think about this stuff. The question, friends, is will we be faithful? How long is this going to take? We don't know. Some of it is happening now, certainly in terms of the relational stuff with St. Bride's Wives. Uh, it, it is happening, uh, and it's going to continue to grow and to deepen that relationship, I believe, as time passes. The question, I think, is will we be faithful to what God has shown us? That's the key thing. The other thing I notice in that little passage that we had read to us is the place of waiting uh, in the story. And this is such an important thing. Uh, God (laughs) shows something to Joseph and he gets very excited about it. Uh, And I must confess, friends, whenever God has shown me something, I always get excited about it. And I'm looking for it now. Come on. I mean, it's my activist soul, I think. You know, what shall we be doing? It's a Baptist thing. Uh, it's a classical mark uh, of certainly Victorian evangelicalism. Uh, activist, you know, Bible-centered, activist, cross-centered, conversionist. And I've got all of those marks in me. I know I have. Uh, so, I've, you know, I've, I've had to be helped over the years to understand that waiting isn't a bad thing. Sometimes it's necessary. Waiting is an active thing. Although Joseph's circumstances seem to shout not blessed, and we listed them all earlier, in reality, he is very blessed indeed. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. You, you see that little refrain running through the story. You know, in Potiphar's house, Potiphar notices whatever Joseph turns his hand to, you know, he succeeds. And his whole household is blessed because Joseph is there, present. Um, when Joseph gets thrown into prison, the guy running the prison notices whenever Joseph is looking after something, it prospers. So he just gives everything to Joseph to do because it guarantees you know, his future, effectively. Joseph uses his gift, his talent, his skill in the service of God and others, where he is and when he is. You never read of him going back to God and saying, look, you showed me this thing and it's not happening and what's going on? He just lives his life, doesn't he? He is present to God and he's available to God where he is all the time. The fulfillment of the dream is not in his hands. It is in God's hands. But he can be fully who he is in the interim. He can be wholly available to God. Making all that he is and all that he has available to God. And we should do the same. I say that prayer every week, don't I? You know, we come to the uh, receiving of the offering. Come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. 
please take all that we have and all that we are, and then I use that phrase, and use even us to further your kingdom. One or two people have said to me, why do you say that? Why do you say even us? Well, I say that because some of you sit there thinking, I am not important. Um, I don't, I can't do anything. Whatever I am, whatever I've got, it's not enough. So it won't matter. I don't matter. You do. You matter immensely to God. All that you are matters to God. All that you have matters to God. And if you make yourself available to him, even the little that you think you are, and even the little that you think you have, if you make all of that available to him, now and always, he will do remarkable things. You will be surprised at what he can do. So yes, I say, use even us. And I'll continue to say, use even us. Because he can use even us. So God is at work, often unseen in the circumstances of life. And when we do believe that we caught a glimpse of God's plan for our own lives or for our life as a church, we need to be aware that his timing may not coincide with our hopes and desires. For Joseph, it is over 20 years before the first of his dreams becomes flesh, becomes reality. When we do think we've caught a glimpse of God, we need to ask that question, is it God? And we need to test and see, is it? And if it is, we need to wait patiently, we need to be faithful, and we need to make ourselves and all of our resources available to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for all that it teaches us. We ask that as we are continuing to think about Joseph and his life and times, you will speak into our life and times. Draw near to us and bless us, we pray. Amen. We sing our closing song together, a great old hymn. Uh, which speaks of God's faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. If you're able, please stand.
Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.